Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Tribe Church Podcast. This is a podcast designed for those who are interested in hearing more about Tribe Church, some of our core values and beliefs. And until September 16th, we're going to be preaching uh, multiple series uh, until we officially launch the church in September 16th at the Plainfield AMC at Perry Crossing. My name is Pastor Matt Dilly. And I'm Pastor Carrie Dilly. And today we are going to be working on the third installment uh, on our series on the book of James. Today we're preaching uh, the book of James, and we're going to be talking about um, the topic is really taming the tongue, taming the tongue, and we're going to be out of James uh, 3, 1 through 12. Yeah, I actually love the first um, few words in the book of James 3, 1 through 12, um, completely taking it out of context. Um, It's May, and um, I teach the fifth grade, which means I hang out with... 30 of the coolest 10-year-olds and 11-year-olds in uh, Bargersville, Indiana. And the first few words of James 3 say, not many of you should become teachers. And that just, that slays me. So that's a little teacher humor for you. And if you don't get it, well, you don't spend your day with 30, 10, and 11-year-olds. So that's all right. You cannot get my joke. I'm all right with it. Anyway, here is James 3, 1 through 12. Not many of you should become teachers, my brothers, for you know that we who teach will be judged with greater strictness. For we all stumble in many ways, and if anyone does not stumble in what he says, he is a perfect man and is able to bridle his whole body. If we put bits into the mouths of horses so that they will obey us, they, we will guide with their, whole, with their whole bodies as well. Look also at Look also at the ships. Though they are so large and that they are driven by strong winds, they are guided by a very small rudder wherever the pilot directs it, it will go. So as the tongue is a small member, yet it boasts of great things. How great is the forest set ablaze by such a small fire? And the tongue is a fire, a world of unrighteousness. The tongue is set among our members, straining the whole body, setting fire to the entire course of life, and set fire by hell. For every kind of beast and bird and reptile of the sea creature can be tamed as it has been tamed by mankind, but no human being can tame the tongue. No human being can tame the tongue. It is restless and evil and full of deadly poison. With it we bless the Lord our Father, and with it we curse people who are made in the likeness of God. For the same mouth came blessing and cursing. My brothers, these things ought not to be so. Does a spring pour forth with the same opening, both fresh and salt water? Can a fig tree, my brothers, bear olives, or a grapevine produce frigs? Neither can a salt pond yield fresh water. It's nice. Good job. Thank you. So in there, we learn a lot about um, we learn a lot about the tongue and how the tongue affects our everyday life. Um, Psalm one forty one three says, "Help me, Lord, to keep my my mouth shut and my lips sealed." And that's <laughs> I think that's hard for uh, everyone, right? Especially ten and eleven year olds. <laughs> especially especially teachers of ten and eleven year olds, right? right? Yeah, it becomes difficult. And what it shares with us there is that the tongue, it's small, but it is disproportionately powerful because even though it is small, it has an ability uh, to really make a difference. And then it tries to give an example. It gives three wonderful examples. Of like small things that can make a big difference. Like the bridle in a horse. So if you're not a horse person, which I'm not, so I'm... I was like... <laughs> 
Are you gonna drop some horse <laughs> knowledge? Drop some right horse now? knowledge. I'm like, you don't know anything about horses. <laughs> Sorry. So a bridle is the little thing that goes in the horse's mouth, and it would touch the tongue, like the horse that goes like between the horse's teeth, and then you can guide the horse based on how you pull its mouth. Right. That's what a bridle is. Right. That's some bridle knowledge for you. <laughs> That's some bridle knowledge. Uh, it also gives the example of a rudder um, and the rudder on the back of a ship, though it can be small. And if you think about a ship, it, and it even gives that example, like even though ships are large and are driven by strong winds, they're steered by a very small rudder, which directs it in the way that it should go. Mm-hmm. And it's disproportionately small to the size Compared of the Compared to everything yeah. else, yes. And then lastly, it describes the tongue as a spark. Which is interesting to me because I, I and it goes on to talk about how no one can tame the tongue and how right. the tongue is evil. But I like hearing about the tongue as a spark because I think the tongue can be a spark, a powerful like good spark, right? And it could it could also be um, you know to it could be like a spark to keep someone warm or uh, to right. cook some food, or it could be a spark that like tears down a forest. And right. I think that that's so true. The tongue, the tongue can do both of those things really well. Mm-hmm. Despite the fact that it's, you know, just this small appendage on us, it it matters because it's the words that come out of it that really matter. And the tongue for us has been a problem since the day we were born. And like like us, but not specifically us. Right, not specifically us. Humankind. Right. I mean us too. Right. We're included in that. We're included in that, but it's not a specific personal example. No. Um, and we, we know, and I'm sure all of the listeners, all you listeners know, uh, the tongue is, is humanly untamable. that we can do our best. We can, we can help um, keep it under control. Mm-hmm. You know, we, can, we can help stifle it, but we will have moments uh, where, where we let uh, poor judgment come out. I think one of the things that is really hard about words is that um, in a lot of ways, everything we say matters. And there's a lot of greatness in that. There's a lot of power in that. But the terrible thing about that is that everything we say matters. So things that we say when we're tired or we're hungry or we're exhausted or we're overwhelmed or we're stressed or, or hurt or I've whatever. I've said some awful things when I'm hungry. <laughs> you really have. <laughs> I have too. And so have our children. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, and I would say it's probably when I lose my patience with our children or with other people, it is usually... More so because I'm hungry or because I'm tired. Right. But but still, it it's not like, you know, if we, so if we're with our children and our children do or say something and we sort of snap at them because we're hungry or tired, it's not like somehow that snap doesn't, ha- doesn't matter or like we're able to sort of lessen the blow. There, there is no, there's none of that that happens. No, we all, I mean... I know I do, and I'm sure you do too. I have words that I still can hear and I can still feel that were said to me by parents or other people, you know what I mean, or even friends. Oh, yeah. That still, some of them for good and some of them for evil. Absolutely. You know what I mean? Things that I, I still can hear reverberating inside my brain, mm-hmm. you know, years and years later. And the thing about our words is a lot of times we can't unring that bell. No, that's what I was trying to say is like, you can't say, well, oh, well, I was hungry or tired or whatever. Like those words still sting. Those words are still right. possibly remembered forever. Like they just sort of get you etched can, on I mean, your you soul. You can apologize for it, but it doesn't take it back. No, there's nothing that takes it. It doesn't reverse it. Right. So how can we... Um, 
in this kind of situation with 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 our tongues the way they are. It's it's weird to talk about them in in the you know like because it's, it's more our, than it's our words. It is. It's not the tongue. It's the words. But the tongue is is really what is allowing those words to come out. You It'd know be what really mean? cool if we had a speech pathologist that we could be like, and here's this person that's <laughs> a speech pathologist to explain how you talk. Brought to you by GoDaddy is uh, speech that I thought because <laughs> all the all the big podcasts have um, you know sponsors. sponsors. Yeah, I have no desire to have a sponsor, but I just think it's fun. we're sponsored by Tribe Church. Yeah, we we are sponsored by Tribe Church. That's hysterical. Okay, how to tame the tongue? So uh, Psalm nineteen fourteen says, "Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, my Rock and my Redeemer." I love that. There's a song about that. Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable. It's like like 90s Christian song. Like before oh. Oh. before I was even a Christian, I've, I have now learned this song. Um, May the words <laughs> of my mouth and the thoughts of my heart Bless your name, bless your name, Jesus. He's had to go back and experience the 90s as... The 90s as a Christian in retrograde. Right. It's been a really special time in our marriage. <laughs> so um, I love that. Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart. So it's I remember really, that song. Sorry. Yeah. I remember that song. <laughs> it's yeah. really the meditations in our heart. It is It is the it is what we have etched in our heart that is guiding uh, the words of our mouth. And so I think both of those are tied together. I think one of the best ways to do that is just to continually be in the word. Like... There's, there's less room for the, all that other garbage when you're constantly filling yourself up with the Word of God. Mm-hmm. And that's not always easy to do because it can be hard to make time for that, which also sounds ridiculous because, like, how do you not make time for the creator of the universe? But we don't. Like, we get busy and it's the month of May and everything's hard. Um, but I just think the more that we fill that up, I think the better that that will go. How do we tame the tongue? Well, the first step is um, you need to pause. In James 1.19, it says, Know this, my beloved brothers, let every person be quick to hear, slow to speak, slow to anger. And I think that's that's so important to remember that w- pausing before you say things, and I know some people that they're they're like, well, it's just the way I am. I just say what's on my mind. And they're like, that's just how I was made. I'm like, no, that was, th- that's a choice that you're making. Right. It's not just how you were made because we're all made to think exactly what we're thinking. You know what I mean? Right. Um, but we're, we, but you are choosing to say everything that's on your mind. Right. And that's not always beneficial. You know what I mean? Because if you're not pausing first, I mean, you're going to say some things that you, re- I mean, there's been times where I've said a, a, a ton of times where I've said things where I regret, where if I just would have sat for a second and waited, I wouldn't have said it. I would have. Right. I would have realized this is not because you're right about what you're saying that some of those words stick with you and they they get etched on your heart. Mm-hmm. But some a lot of times that is not the intention of that person. Like to say those things, like they say them, and they're like, "Oh no, I didn't. I, I right. that's not really how I feel. Like I said that because I was angry and I was frustrated. But right. that's that's like the worst version of me. You know what I mean? That's that's the worst version, and I never think that except for those like ten seconds that I said those things. Right. So how do we avoid that? Well, after you pause, you need to ponder. And I love this. This is like an acronym um, for THINK. You can find it on the walls of any elementary school classroom. (laughs) 
Can you really? Oh yeah, huh. this is this is way an element. Not not like it's elementary, like it's immature, but like right. you can definitely find stuff like this in schools. Absolutely. So it's think. It's T H I N K. So the first is T. Is what you're about to say true? Is is the thing that you're about to tell someone? Is it a true thing? Right. So not spreading rumors, right. not gossiping. If it's not something that you directly know, um, maybe don't say it. Uh, H is it helpful? This is this is I think what trips most people up is like, well, it's true, right? But is it helpful? You have that thing that you say that you say like, you're not wrong. You're just a jerk. Right. Like, yeah. And that's, I mean, it's true. I mean, it's like, you're not wrong about what you're saying. You're just being a jerk about it, you know? Mm -hmm. And I think that, you know, so the first two things here, like to be, is it true? You're right. I think a lot of people are, they're like, yeah, it's true. I can totally tell this person, but is it helpful? And then for I, is it inspiring? Does it inspire that other person? Is it going to help them be a better person? I don't, I don't know. I feel like these like escalate. Like, is it true? You're like, yeah, this is true. And then you're like, is it helpful? And you're like, oh, dang, like. Maybe this isn't helpful. And they're like, is it inspiring? You're like, what? <laughs> like, everything we say has to be inspiring? It, Who lives like that? I think it does in the context of, like, if you're trying to share information. You know oh, I mean? no, I not, completely agree. Not like, do you want Mexican for dinner? Because, I mean, I guess it's kind of inspiring. It's always inspiring. <laughs> but I, I understand what you're saying. I just think it's when, the, you know, when you're sharing those big things, like, right. you know, when you want to say those things that are those things that will be etched on a person's heart you know is it true is it helpful well is and it I, inspiring i actually think it goes the other way too because i do think that gosh everything we need to say needs to be inspiring to people like if if it's not then i don't i don't know that there's a whole lot of point to saying it like there's not a whole lot of point to saying notice you didn't clean the cat box out again or right you know like it I don't know. I sometimes i i see people do this to their kids or do this to their spouse and it's like there was no reason to say what you just said. I think what it is is they want to convey to them, I'm disappointed with your actions. Right. You can do that with a facial expression. No, I'm but, kidding. That's not what I... But instead of saying like, you know, I'm this hurt my feelings or I feel this way. Right. They make that comment. It's like, well, will you never do that? And well, of course that happened. Right. You know what I mean? Like... Right. Or, or give them... Or, you know, give them a look, you know, like of disappointment instead of like sharing you know what i mean right because and a I'll, lot of times they want to do it publicly too right because they want the other person to be, feel shame yeah they want them to feel shame they want to feel humiliated in front of other people and to feel lesser than and it's like that should never be our goal with our spouse like you can definitely share with them that you're hurt and that you feel like they don't help with things or whatever you can share that truth right. but especially when you do it in front of other when you're not building them up in front of other people um, all you're doing is is tearing them down in other people's eyes, mm -hmm. um, and you're really bringing shame into your marriage that right. doesn't need to be there. Yeah. Because sometimes you might need to tell them like, "I feel like hurt because you didn't do something," and they will feel that shame, but they will feel a totally different kind of shame when that's shared publicly. Right. And so it may be true. There's a difference between like Brene Brown says. There's a difference between like. There's shame and guilt or whatever. One is like, I am a mistake. You know this. It's yeah. I. One of them is I am a mistake, and the other one's I made a mistake. Yeah, guilt is I am a I I I made a mistake, and shame is I am a mistake. Right. So I don't think there's anything wrong because you can feel guilty, right, about something that you've done, like not cleaning out the cat Correct. box. But the shame is like the longer lasting. Like yeah, it's not that I didn't clean out the cat box. It's that 
I'm awful at everything. Right. I feel that it's it, it didn't matter what it is. I'm 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 awful at it. There was always going to be something. And I think to do that to disappoint the other when person. When you share privately, I think that might encourage guilt. But I think when you share publicly, it's shame. Right. And I think that's what you're that's what you're getting at. I, I, I am. hadn't thought of it that way, but I think it's good. Um. I am saying that because I think that when you share privately, you're right. It might induce guilt. It might just induce knowledge. Like it right. might in- introduce knowledge into your marriage or whatever relationship it is. But when you do that publicly, I think shame is your only option. Right. I don't think that you have any other thing that you can bring in except for shame in that moment. Um, the in is, is it necessary? Which I think we've kind of touched on yeah. um, with the inspiring. And then the K is kind. Is this kind? Um, which, again, I think goes back to that, uh, everything we've said about inspiring. So just to kind of go over it one more time, it's think, T-H-I-N-K, is this true, helpful, inspiring, necessary, and kind. Those are all good. And the last thing we need to do to um, tame the tongue is to pray, because we believe in the power of prayer. And obviously, as we just read there in James, that the tongue cannot be tamed. No human can tame the tongue. So who can help us tame the tongue? Well, only... Um, Jesus can help us do that. In uh, Matthew 12, uh, 34, it says, You brood of vipers, how can you speak good when you are evil? For out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So I think that's, you know, he's talking there to like the Pharisees, like how can you speak good when in fact you are evil? Um, and because our tongues can... Our tongues can go either way, right? Right. And and they can do uh, they can speak good and they can speak evil and that doesn't necessarily reflect who we are all the time. Uh, and out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So really, what is what is in your heart? Right. What is what is outpouring from your heart? Because what's outpouring from your heart should really be what's being reflected. Because he's 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 almost treating it like he's confused. Like how can you speak good? I mean, Jesus isn't confused, but how can you speak good when you are evil? For out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. It's where your love comes from. Like where your heart is that allows the the things to speak. The good person out of his good treasure brings forth good, and the evil person out of his evil treasure brings forth evil. And then um, Philippians uh, 4.8 says, Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is condemnable, if there is any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things. I think that's really, really... I think that's great. Yeah. When you focus... I think when you, when you start thinking about the things that are good... I think that those go kind of from the brain to the heart mm-hmm. and they come from the heart to the mouth. Right. It's like the, it's like the cycle of blood, yeah. but with like out of the abundance thoughts. of our heart. And we have this, that Carrie made a painting of this and she, with the kids when they were babies. Right. It had changed the word. So it's like, whatever is cool, whatever is like awesome, awesome. rad, nice. Cause if you think about, what really, because it says think about these things, because it's when you're thinking about, you know, and it's not saying avoid problems, it's not saying no. avoid difficulty, but when, you know, when you're spending your time, like, you don't want to be thinking, like, these awful thoughts about people. You should be thinking thoughts that are true. Yeah. And and I, I don't want to get too far into this, but, like, studies even shown, like, you, the way you think about people um, can be changed. Like, you can, you can... um genuinely like a person more if you're only looking for the good things, if you're only right. thinking about the things that they do well. Well, and studies have also shown that our brains are not really wired to to deal with the widespread 
information that we have, especially the negative information. Like if you think about somebody even like 200 years ago, the amount of information that they would have had about the entire world would have been relatively small. And now we can find out what's going on in a multitude of countries. I'm not even going to say a country because it could be politically charged. Right. Um, and, you know, bombings and um, gun violence and lots of different things. And I just think that if you focus on all of that negativity too much, it can, it can blacken mm-hmm. your heart. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and I think this is guiding us. It's sorry. I think this is guiding us on what to do and, and, and how to respond right. to those kind of things. And then also says in second Corinthians five seventeen. therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. Really what this is, is encouragement for you. If you haven't lived your life that way, if you haven't been a follower of Christ, now you can you can live a different life. Like when, when Christ is in you, when you have accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior, your old is gone. It is no longer. And you become a new creation. And in that new creation, you can live the life that we've been talking about. You can live the life that thinks about these good things, that encourages other people, that goes through the think steps, thinks about whether it is... Uh, Things about whether it is true, helpful, inspiring, necessary, kind. You can go through those thoughts. Uh, and because you are a new person, and it becomes easier, it becomes easier because of your love of Jesus and his role in your life. And I look at that verse, and it's funny because we've talked about before that you and I kind of represent the two sides of Christianity. The the new, not not that you're a new Christian, but like the, the came to Christ as an adult and came to Christ as, as, a, as a child. Um, I look at that and I think, oh my gosh, like... When anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. And so if you knew someone when they weren't a Christian and they were a certain way, that doesn't mean that they're going to stay that way. Like as, as, a, as a Christian, they can change. They can be a new person. And so everything that you just said about like, you know, the old is gone and the new has come and you don't have to live this way anymore. You don't have to continue to sort of put that person in that box that they were in mm-hmm. um, when you're looking at these people who are new. And I think that applies to anyone who's already a practicing Christian. That is, we see these new people because come to Christ because tribe church exists to gather people who are far from God. We have to take off those, those old images that we had of those people and see them for the good that they are and the changes that they're making. That's good. So thanks, everybody, for joining us today on our uh, part three of our uh, The Book of James series. If you're interested in finding out more about us, you can follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Tribe Church Plainfield. You can follow my blog and learn more about our story and how we came to plant Tribe Church at tribeliving.info. You can continue listening to this podcast every week, or you can come to our next gathering, which is May 20th from 6 to 7 o'clock at the Plainfield Aquatic Center. We hope to have the whole place uh, packed out with people who are anxious to hear about what God is doing with Tribe Church and what he is planning on doing in the city of Plainfield. So thanks everybody for listening. We will see you all next week. Bye.